0: The word today, the title of today's message is Power Keys for Continual Victory. We've been talking about this reality of the power of God that is in you and how that we need to flow in that power. Amen? So that the kingdom of God would be made manifest, so that the will of God might be done, so that it will be evidenced that Jesus is alive. In Psalms 102 and verse 19 it says God's kingdom rules over all. And Jesus said that that kingdom that rules over all is in you. First Corinthians 4:20 says the kingdom of God is not and the kingdom of God is not just in word but it is in power. The power of God is on the inside of you and is on the inside of every born-again believer. Why? Because Because of the kingdom of God. Why is there power on the inside of you? Because the spirit of God is on the inside of you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Well, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you have received power. And it says in another place that, it, that God, the prayer of Paul was that, that you might know what is the exceeding greatness of that power that abides in the inside of your spirit, that is even according to the same power that was demonstrated when Jesus was raised up from the dead. So the power of God is in you. Christ himself is in you, and Christ himself is the power of God. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, then he's none of his. You have the spirit of Christ, you are born again, Well, Christ is in you, and Christ is the power of God. So it is without a doubt that you have the power of God. Now the question is, why is the power of God in you? What is the purpose of the power of God? Well, I'll put it in a nutshell, and I'll say this. The power of God is in you for demonstration and for transformation. You see, the reason why God, Jesus says, you will receive power is so that you might be his witness, so that you might be the proof providers that he is alive, so that you might provide evidence and that you yourself will be the evidence that Jesus is alive. The power of God is on the inside of you, so as to bring forth transformation in our in our humanity. There are there are they are shortcomings, and there are there are what should I say, deficiencies within our soul. But the power of God is there to bring that transformation so that you and I can function in the love of God, you and I can be kind, we can be gracious, we can be patient, and we can be conformed to the very image of Christ. Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. Well, it needs to come to the point where it is when they see you, when they see me, they see Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The power of God is in us to bring forth change. Sometimes it is within our physical body. Sometimes there is pain. Sometimes there is discomfort. Sometimes there is sickness. There is disease. But then you see the power of God, which is the very nature of God that is inside of us, is supposed to permeate every part of our being and drive out every sickness and every disease. It says how that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 10 that the body is dead because of sin. There is that dynamic of of corruption. There is that dynamic of decaying where the outward man perishes. But... The inner man is renewed day by day, but your spirit is life. It is healing. It is health. It is wholeness because of righteousness, because of that union that you have with Christ. And if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you, then he will also quicken and make alive your mortal body. He will drive out the infirmities. That spirit of the living God, that that divine healing power and life and grace that is on the inside of you is to be released like a river and permeate every cell of your being destroy sickness drive out disease destroy pains and bring you into conformity to the glorious body of the lord jesus christ so the power of god is in you to bring forth change and not only change in you but change in others the power of god is on the inside of you to change the world glory to god so we've got the power of God for demonstration. We have got the power of God to bring forth change, to bring forth transformation. Now what are the keys to walk in this power of God? What are the keys? What is, does it take for you for you and I to, 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 to walk and to, uh, and to walk in, in continual victory? Because you see, when the power of God is manifested, it brings forth victory. It's as if power equals Power applied, equal equal victory. Power applied, equal manifestation, equal change, equal transformation. Glory to God. But what are the keys for you and I to walk in the the power of God? What are the power keys for us to walk in in victory continually? Say continually. Continually means it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what the tests and the trials are and what the situations and circumstances might be. Our testimony is to be, we are more than conquerors. In other words, then this power of God is to cause us to walk in such victory that no matter what, we come out always, we come out and this is, the, this is the proof, this is the evidence, this is our testimony. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors because of, of what he did for us, because of his sacrifice. Could it be your experience? Could it be your experience that even though in this world there are tests and trials and situations and problems and everything else, could it be your testimony, could it be your, your, your experience that because Jesus has overcome, his victory is indeed your victory? And so you have peace. You have everything reconciled, no matter what it looks like. Hallelujah. The scripture says, thanks be unto God who what? Always causes us to triumph in Christ, and so that the very life of Christ is made manifested in us and through us. Amen. But there are a couple of understandings we have to have. There are there are three um power keys for you to walk in victory continually that I want to share in this message. But there are three understandings that are necessary for you to be able to get a hold of these power keys. So there are three understandings, and there are three power keys that comes out of it. So let's talk about it. Amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) First, (laughs) let us understand that you have all victory in the Spirit. That you have all victory. I didn't say you're going to. I'm not talking about what God is going to do. I'm talking about what is already done. I'm not talking about what you're going to get. I'm talking about what you already have. This is such an awesome secret and mystery to faith that it is already done. It's already finished. You already have the victory. Where in the spirit? Where in Christ? Where in the kingdom of God? Where in the realm of God? Where do you all have this victory? It is in that unseen realm. But you've got it. You already have it. Hallelujah. Now, just to help us to understand that and for for us to have some spiritual perspective uh, and to be able to grasp it. Because you see, you cannot see those victories that are already yours in the spirit from any of the five natural senses. You don't see it by sight. You can only see it by faith. So, just to help us understand, see this realm where you have the victory. And this realm, I call it in the spirit, in spirit and truth, in Christ, in the kingdom of God, in the realm of God, where you are blessed with every spiritual blessing, where God has given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness, where where, thanks be to God, he has given you the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. All of that victory is there. But to help you see it, see this fact. See the realm of the spirit as a place. See it as a place. It's a, as a place where? In Christ. A place. A place in the kingdom of God. A place in the realm of God. A place in the unseen realm. And in this place is where all your victory is. Where God has already has given you the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, but in this place, your position. Let me tell you something about, about this place. This place is also your position. It is in the spirit, but it also is a position. And this position is far above any condition, any test, any trials. This position has the power to change the condition. What is this position? Ephesians chapter 1 from about verse 9, 20 to 23 says it is, this is where you are. You have been raised up together with Christ and you have been made to sit together with Christ where? In heavenly places where? Far above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, every situation, every circumstance. You are seated in that place. This is where you are seated. It's in the holiest of holies. You are seated and you are functioning for the highest place of authority, the very throne room of God, you are brought, being brought into this place through the blood of the everlasting covenant, through the veil of Jesus' flesh that was torn. You live here. Say, I live here. This is your position. Now you see, it is when you function from that position that you can change the condition. You know, I, I, I'm not going there today, but I'm. T- but here is a here is a little here is a little nugget. It is when you speak truth from truth that the spirit of truth is released to bring performance. Many times you see Christians might speak what is truth. We might speak and we might say to the mountain. We might speak and we might say by his stripes. We might pray about a situation. And we might say that that Jesus bore the sickness, carried our infirmity. And that is true. But we're praying it from a position of, oh God. Lord, God, have mercy. Oh, God, do something. Move, Lord. Bring forth the healing. Lord, you know, well, you know that, that we, are just, we, we are just sinners saved by grace. And, and if you don't do something, nothing can happen. Well, that's not where you pray from. Even though you are speaking the truth that Jesus bore the sicknesses and carried the infirmity, you are speaking truth, but you're not speaking it from truth. Because if you're going to speak it from truth, you've got to speak it from where you are in Christ you got to speak it from who you are in Christ. Who are you? As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Where are you? You are seated at the Father's right hand. So you need to speak to that situation. And you need to say the exact same thing. Father, thank you. Jesus bore every sickness. He carried every disease. By his stripes, this healing has been paid for. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, I just, I just, Speak the rebuke to this sickness and this disease. And I thank you for your divine healing power flowing in my brother, flowing in my sister, bringing restoration, speaking from where you are, speaking with the authority. It is the position that will change the condition. You see, the scripture says we have not because we ask not. But then sometimes we ask, and we ask how? Amiss, incorrectly, from the wrong place. You are not grasshoppers we are sons of the most high God amen we are not some little wimpy set of folks no you and I we are kings and priests unto God God has given unto us abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness why that you might reign in this life by virtue of what Jesus has finished so it's a matter of appropriating what he has finished are you with me anyway let me get back over here so in this realm of the spirit, so you need to understand that all of your victory exists and it is in the spirit, and you already have it, and you and and, and in this place, the, you you and it is in this place that you function. This position from the throne of God. First John five four says that God uh, simply puts it this way, very simple. It says, "Ye are of God, little children." And whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's how John puts it. John says, You are a victor, you are born in victory. You are born as a victor. You are not to be a victim. You are born into victory. You are born into victory. He that overcomes, you are born as an overcomer. You see, why am I repeating it? Well, one of the things that you need to grasp is this reality that no matter what the problem is you proceed from the place of victory you proceed from being from that position which is a place of victory you don't start praying about the problem from the problem you pray from the answer are you with me amen you don't look at it you don't look at a storm and say storm you say peace be still amen You don't look at sickness and say, oh, it's getting worse. You say, no, the same spirit is bringing recovery. It's bringing healing. Hallelujah. No matter what the problem is, you start from victory. You begin with the answer. This is why you are to magnify God and minimize the problem. This is why you speak to the mountain about God, not speak to God about the mountain. Take God to the mountain. Don't try to take the mountain to God. You are to say to the mountain, You are but a plane. You don't say, Mountain, oh man, you are so big. You are so gigantic. I'm like a grasshopper in your sight. No. You say to the mountain, You are but a plane. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. You say to this mountain, You are removed and it's done by grace. Amen. You are removed and it is done by grace. Hallelujah. So, to walk in continual power and victory, you have to have this mindset of Christ. And it is a mindset of victory. You have to have this mindset that you are more than a conqueror. You have to have this mindset. Philippians 1 verse 28 that in nothing are you ever terrified by the enemy. you got to have that mindset. you got to have this mindset, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sung mind. you got to have that kind of mindset in order to walk in perpetual victory. Hallelujah. And to live and to function in this realm of Christ. To live and function in this kingdom of God, in this unseen realm, in this realm where you have all victory, faith is necessary. Because why? Faith sees. Faith is necessary. You can't function in that realm of victory, in that unseen realm, with the five physical senses. That is why it says we walk by faith and not by sight. Right, First John 5 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. And the thing is, you have got this faith. You have got this capacity to see the unseen. The word of God has been given unto us, and God has placed this capacity within us. It says, I've dealt to every man the measure of faith. Romans 12 verse 3. He said, We are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift, lest any man should boast. 2 Peter 1, verse 1 says, We have received like precious faith as all the apostles. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 says, According as it is written, we believe and therefore see, speak. We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, we believe and therefore speak. So you've got this faith. You have got this capacity to what? See the unseen. To see your victory that already exists in the spirit. So the first power, so the understanding is, is what? Recognizing that you have the victory. It's in the realm of the spirit. And that's the understanding. Now the application, so to speak, or the first power key is simply... This, the first poverty key to live in continual victory is faith. It's seeing the victory that you already have in the unseen realm. Seeing the victory that you already have in the unseen realm, amen? Now, the second necessary understanding you need to have before we go to the second key The second power key to live in continual victory. The second understanding you need to have is this. You need to know what is the truth. What is the truth? What is the truth? Well, the best person to ask is the word of God, is God. Don't ask a philosopher. (laughs) Ask God. Ask Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, so the truth is Jesus himself, the truth is Jesus himself, the truth is a person, you say, "But I thought it was a written word, well, no, it's supposed to bring you to the person, which is Christ, amen, Jesus is is the truth john 17 verse 17 says sanctify them with thy truth thy what thy word is truth the word is truth jesus is the truth the word is truth. but guess what in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and the word was made flesh so the word is the truth jesus is the truth and jesus is the word what is the question We've got to know what is the truth. We've got to have the understanding of what is the truth before we can step into that place of living in continual victory. Because you see, it's going to be the application of the truth that will bring forth the freedom. So what is the truth? The truth is Christ. The truth is Jesus. But what does that look like in practical terms? How does that break down? The truth is, number one, who Jesus is number two what Jesus has done and finished and then number three what Jesus is doing and especially in the believer now here is what's so wonderful that 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 makes that that simplifies the whole thing and is this the sacrifice of Christ is amazingly precise In bringing us to an understanding of the truth the sacrifice of Christ what Jesus did in his death in his burial in his resurrection in his ascension in his shed blood and in giving us his life and in giving us the authority of his name and giving us his word what Jesus did in those eight aspects of the sacrifice has an awesome Ability has an awesome, is an awesome way of us seeing what is the truth, for us seeing what Jesus has finished, for us to see who Jesus is, and for us to see what Jesus is doing. Are you with me? All right. What Jesus finished, the sacrifice reveals what Jesus finished. Glory to God. Now all, (laughs) all that Jesus, now hear this, get a hold of this now. All that Jesus is right now. Say right now. now. I'm not talking about when he was walking on the shores of Galilee. I'm not even talking about when he raised Lazarus from the dead. I'm not talking about when he divided the loaves and fishes. But all that Jesus is right now now is because of what he did and what he finished. Do you know that when Jesus died, he came to an end and God had to raise him up from the dead? And when God raised him up from the dead because of his sacrifice, he was high, he highly exalted him and God seated him at his own right hand and God made him to be heir of, Over all things, God give them all power in heaven and in earth. God give them the most excellent name that that name ever need bows. God made him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, and he, the resurrected Jesus, is seated at the Father's right hand, having all power, all authority. Jesus is the very embodiment of truth. He is the very embodiment of truth. Not only that, but he is the very embodiment of the Godhead and all of its divinity. Colossians 2 verse 9 says that that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. But remember this. All that Jesus is he is all that he is right now he is because of what he finished that is why 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 16 says that we no longer we no longer know him after the flesh we no longer know Jesus from a human viewpoint but we know him after the spirit so And then here is what is even, here is what is even so awesome. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. Dare to believe this. You see, you've got, but uh, even as I'm saying dare to believe this, hey, just say I got faith. God has given me the capacity to believe this. I can believe beyond my understanding. I can believe beyond my intellect. I can believe, or beyond reasoning, beyond what it looks like, because beyond the five physical senses, faith is not a physical sense. Faith is a spiritual sense, so that you can function in that realm of God, that realm of the kingdom in Christ. Hallelujah! And so, by faith, I believe it, and you believe it. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. And how he is, he is because of what he finished. So this. It is finished is an open door of understanding to the truth who jesus is and what jesus has done so what are we talking about we're talking about fruit we're talking about fruit we can dissect all that he did by death burial resurrection ascension blood name life in this in this teaching but all that comes out of that is what is finished and it's all truth Now, John chapter 8, verse 32 says that you shall know the truth, and the truth will produce freedom. You shall be intimate with the truth. Have that oneness with the truth, and it will produce freedom. In other words, then, the application of the truth produces freedom. And in the place of freedom, the limitations, and this is not possible, and that is not possible, those limitations are removed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ephesians 4 verse 21 says, If so be that you have heard Christ, and you have been taught by Christ as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus, and the truth is Jesus. So, here is the truth. Here is the truth. You can know truth by knowing what Jesus has done, what he has finished in his sacrifice. You can know Jesus and who he is by what he finished. And you can know what Jesus did, what he did, what is finished, who he is by what? Unveiling the sacrifice and looking on the inside of each of those eight aspects death burial resurrection ascension his blood his name his life and his word so now here's the here's no 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 let's let's bring this home because we're talking about the application of truth why so that you can live in so that you can live in power and so that you can live in victory no matter what now here is where the, the problem comes in quite often we've got a problem And as I said, quite often we take the problem to God rather than taking God to the problem. We have a problem, and we ask God to do something about it. Oh, God, do something about it. God, solve this problem. Sounds logical. Give us the answer. But in fact, it's not about getting God to do something. It's not about God giving you the answer. It's rather knowing what Jesus has already done. And then you, by your faith, declaring it done. Declare knowing what he has already done in relationship to the problem, knowing what he has finished. See that in the realm of the spirit. Believe that. And with the voice of faith, declare where well, what you see as done, declare it. Done. That's what Abraham, the father of faith, did. When he saw, wow, I am a father of many nations, you know what he did? He began to declare, I am a father of many nations. Man, you can call me Abraham. When you see he bore my sicknesses and carried my infirmities and by his stripes I'm healed, I worn, then I can declare, I am the healed of the Lord. And that works in any and every arena because this is how it works faith sees what is done faith sees the truth faith sees what is already established in heaven believes it gives voice to it and causes it to be established on earth amen so faith is faith then is mixing mixing the truth with faith is what causes the manifestation hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says the gospel preached didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith the good news that it's done it is finished he bore the sicknesses he's already given you the land the promise it was not mixed with faith and because of that, it didn't benefit them. They died in the wilderness. Believers die every day having the very life of God with all of his divinity living in their spirit. And they're destroyed by sickness and disease just a few inches away. Why? Hebrews four, I mean Ephesians 4 verse 17 and 18. They're alienated from that life. Why? Because of ignorance and hardness of heart. But it must not be that way among us. That is why the word of God says, awake to righteousness. Awake to this union. Awake to the reality of this life and what is already settled in heaven. Agree with it and you can cause it to be established on earth. You can cause it. It says you shall meditate upon the word day and night and you will cause your way to be prosperous and to have good success. Are you with me? We try to put it off on God. God, you do something. Oh, God, you help. Oh, God, show me. God, give me that. But God says, I've already done it. Find out what I've done and declare it done. You shall decree. You shall declare what God has already decreed. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and you shall walk in the light thereof. Hallelujah. So... It's not about getting God to heal this person or that person. It is about the application of truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The acknowledgement of the truth, Titus 1 verse 1 says, is after godliness. It produces the God kind of life. So, what is the point? The second understanding is that you've got to know what is truth. And then the power key that comes out of that to live in victory is, is simply this. It is the application of the truth by faith. In other words, mixing truth with faith. Amen? Say so mixing faith with truth. Now, the way you apply faith more than anything else is by speaking. It, the speaking is the first corresponding action of faith. And without it, your faith is dead. It's like a corpse. It dresses up nice, looks good, but it ain't going nowhere. You know, right? But faith with the corresponding action of speaking comes alive. So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13 says, We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe, and therefore speak Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says the word of faith is near you it's near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach Proverbs 18 verse 20 says a man's life a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his lips what comes out of his mouth life is in the power of the tongue so is that so the third understanding that you must have is this the gospel is the power of god paul says in romans 1 verse 16 i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god to everyone that believes it, to everyone that believes and continues to believe, the gospel is the power of God. All right. First Corinthians 1 verse 18 says, The preaching of the cross, the preaching of the sacrifice, what Jesus did, the good news, to them that perish is foolishness. But to us, to us who are saved, the preaching, the preaching, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The proclamation, the declaring, the speaking, the preaching of the cross, of the sacrifice, of the gospel, that is the power of God. To who? To us that believe. Amen. Now it does not say that the it does not say that the cross is the power of God, it does not say the sacrifice is the power of God, which it is. But to you, it is the preaching of the sacrifice that is the power of God. Okay, let's put it another way. It is not just that Jesus died, was buried, resurrected ascended shed his blood give you his name give you his life and now you have his word it is not just what jesus did now catch what i'm about to say but it is the implication it is the result of what he did when you can see the result of what he did and you proclaim it bam here comes the power of god when you can in other words then It is the proclamation of the result of the sacrifice. That is the power of God to you, and that's the power of God through you. And that is the power that the world needs to flow out of you. What? You have to proclaim, declare, speak the result of what he has done. In other words, you have got to recognize that, uh, uh, let me just, uh, just short, short, short side, side sidebar, Colossians 2, 12, that says, God, by the faith of his own operation, when he placed Jesus on the cross, he took you and me and the entire human race and placed them in Christ. So that when Jesus died, you died. When Jesus was buried, the implication for you is the old man was buried. And when Jesus was resurrected, And by the way, that death and burial took care of the old things so that they passed away. All that history and all of that stuff, anything concerning you. But then when Jesus was resurrected, you were resurrected. Born again to a living hope, to a new hope, Christ himself being your life. When Jesus ascended, what's the implication? What is the result for you? You ascended and you were made to sit together with him in heavenly places. When Jesus shed his blood, that's wonderful. But what does that mean to you? It means you've been totally, perfectly forgiven. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so Jesus gave his life. But what does that mean? Christ is now in you, the hope of glory. The life that you now live, it's the life of Christ. And then what about the name? Jesus has the most wonderful, glorious, excellent name that is the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. But what does, that, what does that do for you? He has given you the authority to live and to function and to pray and to operate in that name. And then there is the word of God. Are you, in other words, then what am I saying? The power is, here is where the power is. The power is in you proclaiming all that is. The result of what is yours, who you are, the result of the sacrifice for you. When you declare that, that's where the power of God is. That is why it says the preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation, which means wholeness and deliverance to us who believe. It is the power of God. Amen? So, what is the most specific results of the sacrifice? What is the most specific result of the sacrifice? It is embodied. The the, the results of the sacrifice is the embodiment, the result of the sacrifice. The result of the eight aspects of the sacrifice is the very embodiment of all the victory that you could ever desire or need. That is why it's the most important thing in your life. If you're going to live in victory and now here it is now. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? We're coming to the key right now. Here is what it is. The most significant embodiment of the truth for you that comes out of the sacrifice is going once going twice is Galatians 2 20. You have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you that live, but it is Christ that liveth in you. That's the embodiment of it for you of uh, what came out of the sacrifice. Which means, and Paul, because Paul knew that Paul said, "Look, in First Corinthians 2, two, he says, look, I don't determine to know nothing else about, about you. I don't really concern about who did what, who did what, what happened in the past. I'm not concerned who's a doctor, who's a lawyer, who's a carpenter, who's a... I'm not concerned about any... I'm not concerned about ed- education. I'm not concerned about culture. I'm not concerned about your background. I'm not concerned about who you know. I'm only concerned about one thing, Christ and him crucified. In other words, all I want to know is the reality that it's no longer you, but it's Christ that lived in you. Why is that so? Because Christ himself is the truth. Christ himself is the victory. Every bit of victory is in him. And Galatians two twenty, 20 says, it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that liveth in you. The life you now live, it is the life of Christ. And in him is all victory. Now watch this. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16, that when the Lord brought me out of my mother's womb, here was his purpose. His whole purpose and design was that he might reveal his son In me and that I might preach him among the Gentiles in other words Paul says I was born for this reason this was God's plan and that's the truth for every one of us that Christ might be revealed in us and that's the one that Paul says I'm gonna preach I preach not just that Jesus went to the cross but Paul says I am preaching Christ living inside of you living inside of me so Christ in you is the very essence of the gospel So when you say Christ in you is the hope of glory. So when you are saying the gospel is the power of God, what do you mean? It means Christ living in you and through you. That is the power of God. And so when you function in that, you are functioning in the power that is necessary to bring transformation, to bring change, to bring demonstration. You are functioning in the power that will cause continual perpetual victory. What? Christ in you. But that's what Galatians 2.20 says. You came to an end. You crucified. It's no longer you. It's Christ that lived in you. This life that you now live, is the life of Christ and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. Are you with me? So, now let me go a little further. Now I want to make a statement. I want to make this statement as dramatic and as emphatic and as, as I can. And this is the absolute truth. All right? Now, hear me now. Get your catches out. Get ready. Anything that you could think of, everything and anything that, you, that could ever be against you, anything and everything that could ever be against you came to an end, was silence, died in the death of jesus everything can you imagine that just let your mind go for a minute and remember God can do above and beyond whatever you ask or think so think big anything whatsoever that could come against you sickness disease poverty lack accusations from people voice from your history that which is hereditary curses Anything that could be against you that you could conceive of died, was shut down, was defeated, and no longer has any power over you. That is the reason why Jesus could make such an outrageous statement, which is not outrageous at all. But in John chapter 8, verse 36, you know what Jesus says? It says, Whom the Son sets free is free is free what indeed practically spiritually however you want to look at it he is free indeed why because jesus shut it all down all right he shut it all down by two acts there are eight acts of the sacrifice of christ death burial resurrection ascension his blood his name his life his word two acts death and burial just those two which is a quarter of the eight aspects of the sacrifice. Just a quarter, just by death and burial, one quarter. Everything that was against you has been conquered, has been defeated in Christ by his death and his burial on your behalf. Now, you see, every victory that he won belongs to you. And because all of it was chopped off, cut off, buried, defeated, literally annihilated, that is why 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. And what? All things are what? Passed away. away. Whatever happened with a... Give me a big name of somebody that died in the news. Okay, Lady Diane, has she passed away? She's dead. She's gone. Buried. Well, Jesus says old things have passed away. What old things? Any and everything that was against you. Now, faith, reasoning don't say that, but faith sees it, and faith receives it. Faith receives it specifically when it gets the verse of Scripture. When it gets the promise, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when it gets that specific scripture, that specific verse that says he carried my diseases. When it gets that specific verse that says my memory of the righteous is blessed. When he gets that specific scripture, then faith says, ha, that's what I'm redeemed from. That no longer has a rule in my life. So everything that was against you came to an end. It is dead and it is buried. That's what all the promises of God are for so that you can partake of the divine nature. Now I'm going to give you a quick list, just a list, just to point out what, what has come to an end. Hallelujah. Sickness. Jesus bore your sicknesses, carried your infirmities, by his stripes you're healed. That's come to an end. But you see, you got to believe that and speak it. You see, when you speak and you declare the truth that is applies to you, what do you that is when the power gets released. Remember that? Poverty 2nd Corinthians 8 verse 9 he became poor that to his poverty might be made what rich curse There's all kinds of curses out there Generational curse word curses, but guess what Galatians 3 verse 13 and 14 says Jesus when he hung up on that cross he took every curse upon himself for curses everyone that hung upon the tree What for that you and I might be redeemed from the curse of the law and at the blessings of abraham might flow upon the gentiles even the promise of the spirit of god history your background what happened in the past what you did i don't know if you had a prison sentence i don't know if you were you you i don't want to even make a list of some things that could be in our past but what i do know is that old things have passed away all things have become new therefore the scripture says forget the former things why because the person who did that died amen all things have passed away. All things have become new. Self, what about self? Oh, self could be a problem. Self could be a worst enemy. But guess what? Romans 6, verse 6. Knowing this, you got to know this, that that old man, that old flesh, was that old nature was crucified, dead. People, could people be a problem? Oh, yes, there could be a problem. But here Second Corinthians 5 verse 14 says, The love of Christ constrains me. And this is what I judge. That if one died for all, including those people, then were all dead, those people. So these very people that could cause you a problem, they've been crucified. But now you see, all of these things that are finished in Christ... But just by his death and burial, you have got to know them, you have got to believe them, you have got to declare it, and when you speak it and declare it, bam, here comes the power, and it breaks that off of you. And then what people do, what people say, doesn't affect you. You can't be intimidated, you can't be manipulated, and even you yourself don't affect you. So your reputation doesn't matter anymore. What people, I mean, you are not, you are not, I mean, this issue of dignity and uh, um, ambition, those things are gone. Self don't have any. When self is not there, those things disappear. Because remember, you've been crucified, you're not there. Who is there? The life you now live is the life of Christ. It is an awesome identification. It is so simple, but yet in a way it is so difficult. Because everything in our lives on a daily basis keeps trying to convince you by its deceitfulness, that it's you there, not him. And uh, everything tries to convince you that who Jesus says you are, who God says you are, that's not who you are. <laughs> Can you imagine that? What a deceitful lie. It's called the deceitfulness of sin that produces what? Unbelief, so that you're separated from God. Amen? The world, you're crucified to the world. The world is crucified unto you. And there's just an other list, the works, and I can't even go through it. But let's just take rejection. Let's take abandonment. Oh, but you don't know what I went through. I was abandoned early in my life. I went through, I was abandoned. My parents left me. I was placed in a, not a, not a nursing home. I was placed in some kind of home. I got abused. Guess what? Jesus was abandoned by the greatest of them all. He was abandoned by his heavenly father. Was he not? And the scripture says he was rejected that you and I might be what accepted. So Jesus became everything that you were so that you could be everything that he is. Jesus put an end to everything that was against you so that you can be free from all of that other stuff. Colossians 1 verse 20 says that Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. He made peace by the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. You know what that means? It means by the blood of his cross, by his sacrifice, he reconciled everything unto himself. He made everything to be as it would have been if there was never a fall. In other words, he has reconciled everything from to where it would have been before the foundation of the world. And that's the peace we're talking about that comes out of this massive, this, this total reconciliation. Amen. This is actually the peace that we're talking about. So now, now listen to what the word of God says about that peace. That peace where everything is reconciled. I'm just trying to convince you one thing. I'm trying to convince you that any and everything that was against you, has no longer any power and authority over you, if you would believe it, declare it, and and agree with heaven. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 said, The Lord of peace, the God of all reconciliation, He Himself gives you peace, gives you everything reconciled, always, by all means. The God, the Lord of peace, gives you peace, always, by all means. Man, Jesus even conquered every negative environment and circumstance. Colossians 1 verse 16 to 18 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible. All things were created by him and for him. Everything bows to him and it's him that is in you. It is his nature that is in you. He is before all things and by him all things consist. So that in all things, he might have preeminence. That in everything, and, and it is him that is in you, remember? So this is the truth. Now, now, let me show you something. Let me just share this for a minute, just as we... I, I can see the landing strip. <laughs> let me just share this with you. You see, when you see this kind of stuff, from a natural standpoint, it's, it seems so Ridiculous. How could everything that was against me to be defeated and be silenced and be dead and has no authority over me? Well, for one thing, what are you going to do with a dead man other than bury him? You can't tempt him. You can't bring up his past and history. You can't provoke him to rat. <laughs> right? You can't embarrass him. That's why I say the key is you crucified. And the life you live is the life of Christ. We live in that reality, and it's total victory. Now, listen to some implications of what, we, what we've been sharing about. Everything is, that was against you came to an end. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, all things are for your sakes. Nothing is against you. Oh, man, think about that one. All things are for your sakes. That's in the Bible. That means then that no matter what's going on, you can rejoice. You can be glad. You can abound in thanksgiving in any situation, and in any environment, knowing. Knowing what? Knowing that that situation is reconciled. Knowing you are more than a conqueror. Knowing and magnifying God. God is bigger than whatever it is you're dealing with. So Ephesians 5, 20 says, give thanks always for all things unto God. First, Thessalonians 5:19, in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God concerning you. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Thanks be unto God, always, always causes you to triumph. Colossians two seven. Be rooted, built up in Christ, in Christ where you live, and be established in the faith, established in the confidence of what's 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 yours in our unseen realm. How, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now here's the secret about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes from the place when you magnify God. If you magnify the problem, and you don't value what God has done, and what God is doing, and who he is, man, that problem, you, 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 you can't give thanks. Amen? I mean, Jesus was facing Lazarus dead for four days, and he says, Father, I thank you. Why? Because he, did, he saw God as bigger than, than that dead body for four days. Loaves and fishes. Couple loaves. A few fishes. Thousands of People. He lifted up his eyes and saw in the realm of the spirit. And he said, Father, I thank you. Because God is bigger. He magnified God above the natural need. Thanks be unto God will always cause you to triumph. The reality of the fact that everything that was against you has been defeated and you are more than a conqueror. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn it. You will show it to be in the wrong. You will cancel its power because this is the righteousness of the saints. The righteousness is of me, say the Lord. This is your heritage. This is your right. This is what belongs to you. Romans 8, 28 says, all things, all things. Work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. You see, this is, about, this is outside the realm of reasoning. But when faith believes all of this, and you begin to talk this way that, is, that you really believe this stuff, and I can see the way God says it, and you begin to talk like this, guess what? Man, you got a conversation that is in heaven. You are talking like heaven. You are talking according as it is finished. And thank God, Philippians 3 20 says, when your conversation is as it is in heaven, then guess what? Jesus will rise up, exert power, and subdue and smash any and everything that is rebellious to him. Don't you want Jesus rising up inside of you? Don't you want Jesus rising up and defeating and smothering anything that is against you? Well, it's, your conversation has to be in heaven according to Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Yeah, 20 and 21. But that means you're delighting and you're embracing the cross. You're embracing the reality of death and burial. Amen. So, what are we talking about? Just a a quarter, half, half of Galatians 2.20 is all we're talking about. You've been crucified with Christ. (laughs) And just that half, puts an end to all those things that are against you. I'm crucified with Christ. That means what? You came to an end. Lady Diane passed away. She's gone. Well, you, the old man, has passed away. And all things have become new. Quarter of the sacrifice, just a quarter, death and burial, is what has accomplished this. And we still have the next part of Galatians 2.20, the life you now live is the life of Christ, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. We still have a next, a next three-quarter of the sacrifice, resurrection, ascension, blood, name, life, the word yet to come. Think about it. So here is the end of this. Here is the, here's the point. The third power key for continual victory is living and doing Galatians 2.20. I'm going to summarize this by putting it this way. The power of God is inside of you. But the power of God is inside of you for demonstration and for transformation and to bring forth change, not only in your life, but in the life of others. But now, in order to do that, there's, there, there's three understandings and three, compre- and three keys that come out of it. Understanding number one, you've got to know that you already have the victory in the spirit. And the key, the first power key that comes out of that, is you've got to see the victory by faith. The second understanding is you've got to know what truth is, who Jesus is, what he has done, and what he is doing. And then the application, the key that comes out of that so that you can live continually in victory, is taking faith, taking the truth and mixing it with faith, applying faith to the truth. And then the third understanding is that the gospel is the power of God. Christ living inside of you is the power of God. And the essence and the application, the key, the power key that comes out of that is this. That power of the gospel is simply no longer you, but Christ that liveth in you. Christ living in you is the gospel. Christ living in you is the power of God. So you've got to make some determinations. And you've got to decide, you know what? I've got to get a hold of this stuff and I've got to live this way. Because when we live in a reality that it's no longer you, but it's Christ living in you. When you live in a reality of knowing what is finished, what is done, and what is the truth, and mixing your faith with it. When you live in, tho- in that place, nothing else, nothing matters. Nothing moves you. You're anxious about nothing. Nothing. What, what, is, what are you going to be anxious about? But in everything. You stay in connection with God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and mind against uh, in Christ Jesus. The devil can't do much with the dead man. He's already dead. (laughs) And besides, the devil has been defeated anyway. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I receive this. Lift up your hands. Say, Father in heaven, I am a believer. You have given me faith. I have the capacity... To believe, and I do believe, according as it is written, according to what is finished, according to truth. I am who you say I am, and I am a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new, and all things are now of God. Father, I thank you that this is my true identity. Christ is my life. The old man has been crucified, dead, and buried. Now I live. But it's not I that live. It is Christ that lived in me. And I live this life of Christ by the faith of the Son of God. Father, I thank you. And in the authority of the name of Jesus, I declare that everything works together for my good. Nothing can defeat me. I'm above only and never beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. No weapon, none formed against me shall prosper. Divine health belongs to me. Prosperity is mine. Jesus, his life is mine. And his life is victory. Total victory. I have power. The power of the Holy Ghost the power of Christ the power of the kingdom is in me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world thank you Lord Jesus hallelujah amen glory to God amen hallelujah praise God forevermore well blessings everyone here and those online all our online family the blessing of the Lord be upon you and do you good In Jesus' name.